0: Welcome in the Locked On Phillies. In today's episode, the Philadelphia Phillies win again, and Ranger Suarez is back to his dominance. We also have to have a little bit of a candid conversation about Sir Anthony Dominguez and his recent struggles out of the bullpen. But, bottom line, the Philadelphia Phillies are still hot, the victory shirt is on, and we've got another fun episode of Locked On Phillies. Let's get started. You are Locked On Phillies your daily Philadelphia Phillies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, this is Locked on Phillies. I'm your host, Connor Thomas. Sorry, as I play with the uh, microphone there. Uh, you've been hearing me on the radio, television, all the stuff in the market in Philadelphia. So I've been talking sports for years over here. Credentialed Philadelphia Phillies media member, host of the Locked on Phillies podcast, obviously part of the Locked on podcast network your team every day. Uh, Thank you so much for checking us out. Make sure you're rating, reviewing, subscribing to the YouTube, all that good stuff. You hear me uh, make that spiel all the time. Got some other interesting ways to interact coming soon that I'm going to tell you about in the coming days. Uh, We'll get into that a little bit later on in the week. But I do want to let you know today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for parts of the fit at eBay Motors and look for the green check, stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit eBayMotors.com, let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply now. Let's get into what happened last night with the Philadelphia Phillies, the late night Phillies. I know a lot of people haven't been able to stay up for these games recently because they're West Coast games. So I uh, want to go ahead and keep you updated. Also, I uh, saw some comments yesterday. The uh, the lower third over here, because I'm switching to a new system, it says Connor Thomas 965. It's Connor Thomas 975, so I'll have to get that uh, fixed up. So we'll get that squared away, but. Uh, yes, you can follow me on Twitter at Connor Thomas 975. Now, the Phillies took down the Arizona Diamondbacks four to three last night. There was good, there was bad, there was certainly ugly, and it was another one of those weird games. But guess what? This has been a really entertaining series in general for Philadelphia Phillies fans. The first game ended up being very upsetting, uh, because you lost nine to eight and you had an opportunity to win one, you're up five to one in that game, but. It was still a crazy game. JT Romuto hit for the cycle. He's still red hot. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, I mean, there was a lot of offense from both sides. There's some interesting pitching from both sides. There's some interesting defense from both sides. I mean, it was just that there was a bench clearing uh, argument. I can't call it a brawl or anything. No one, no one was fighting, but the bench is cleared. Like it was an interesting game. And then the Phillies sank 15 on the Diamondbacks uh, on Tuesday night. Uh, that's interesting for us, not so much for the Diamondbacks fan base. Uh, but then last night. You have a lower scoring game, but still one that ends up going extra innings is super interesting uh, during the course of the game. So it's been a fun series out in Arizona. This has been really, um, I hesitate to say good baseball. Yeah, it is good baseball, but there have been mistakes here and there that have been glaring. But it's been entertaining baseball for sure, uh, absolutely. So let's jump into what happened last night, and let's start with the player who really made it happen. Ranger Suarez was the most important player for the Philadelphia Phillies last night. He went seven innings of four hit ball, none earned, no runs given up in general, two walks allowed, seven strikeouts. Now, he had to dance out a little bit of danger with those four hits and not giving up a run, but, man, was he dominant. Uh, he just, he's back to his old ways. He has good stuff. He's got great command. He just handles the outside of the zone well, the corners. He works the margins as people in uh, sales would say, or people who sell you stocks and bonds. But, uh, no, he works the margins of the strike zone, is my point. And Ranger Suarez is back to his old dominance. Uh, two years ago, he had one of the best seasons I've ever seen from a pitcher and was super underrated because it flew under the radar because the Phillies didn't make the playoffs. But he had a great season, uh, his first season going over 100 innings. He had a sub-2 ERA, I believe. Uh, and then last year, he wasn't Quite that dominant because people started to figure him out. The longer you're in the league, the more people get a book on you, the more you have to adjust how you do it and hone your craft. But, of course, he was very helpful during the Phillies playoff run, World Series run, all that good stuff. Like He proved that he could be nails in a big spot, super clutch, Rangers for us. So that that's good. And then he had the injury this year. So he missed first little bit of the season. Uh, he's only a couple starts in. I think he's up to five or six starts on the season now. I think it's six. So he still is just working stuff out. But the past couple starts have been dominant. He's starting to look really good. Uh, just to go to the stat line now, uh, he's got a three eight two ERA now with a 1-3-3 whip. I mean, uh, he's back. Ranger Suarez is back to being dominant. And with Zach Wheeler throwing the way he is, uh, Tywin Walker seeming to have figured it out, this rotation is looking better by the day. I still think you need to go out and get another starter at the deadline. I do think, and we're going to talk about it in a little bit uh, as we talk about tomorrow's game, or sorry, tonight's game, (laughs) sorry about that, uh, that we're going to need to discuss getting another bullpen arm too. And Dave Dombrowski has said in the past that uh, every trade deadline, or no, you know, it wasn't Dave Dombrowski. It was Ruben Amaro Jr., former GM of the Phillies, who's now on the TV broadcast for the Phillies, that was talking about it uh, during one of the games out in Arizona that says that the trade deadline you're always looking for more arms. You're always looking to bolster your pitching, whether that's bullpen or starting rotation. I believe the Phillies will be looking to do that again this year, like they did last year with Noah Syndergaard and David Robertson. So we'll be looking at that. But, yes, Ranger Suarez was dominant in this one. Then Sir Anthony Dominguez came in in the eighth inning, and he gave a three hits, three runs, three earned, and the game is tied. Uh, The rest of the bullpen was amazing. Gregory Soto had a good one-third of an inning to close that out uh, and clean up Seranthia Dominguez's mess. Greg Kimbrell went a beautiful one-inning to keep the game tied in the bottom of the ninth. And Jose Alvarado, with a runner on second in the tenth inning, threw a scoreless uh, inning with one walk but one strikeout, got out of it, got the save for the win. I mean, it was just beautiful work by Jose Alvarado and the Philadelphia Phillies bullpen not named Seranthia Dominguez. So that was all great. I uh, Just to talk about the uh, the hitting, the scoring. I mean, there wasn't much in this game from either side, but the Phillies got going early. In the top of the second, Edmundo Sosa grounded into a fielder's choice to shortstop that scored Bryson Stott. Top of the third, J.T. Romito grounded into a fielder's choice to shortstop that scored Trey Turner. Uh, top of the sixth, J.T. Romito homered. It's his uh, second homer in the series. He's got two triples, two home runs in the series. I mean, he's absolutely on fire right now. The guy is playing amazing baseball, but then, of course, Christian Walker hits that home run in the, uh, the bottom of the eighth. Officer Anthony Dominguez to tie it up at three. And the way the game ends in the 10th inning, uh, the Philadelphia Phillies have an opportunity to get a runner on second to start in the top of the 10th. And there's immediate pop-up and then a fly ball to right field in which Two Diamondbacks run into each other. The ball drops. The situation becomes second and third with one out. Uh, And then Nick Castellanos hits a ball to the wall in center field that ends up being a sacrifice fly to score Brandon Marsh. That's all the Phillies would need. So a major defensive error by the Arizona Diamondbacks, and it plays to the Phillies' favor. Like I said, good, bad, and ugly. And the Phillies had uh, a play in either the eighth or the ninth inning where Brandon Marsh and Kyle Schwarber kind of bumped into each other a little bit out in left field. The ball was already down. It wasn't bad as the Diamondbacks, but still – Like it just I don't know what's going on in the outfield down in Arizona, but it's been clunky uh, all week or. Yeah, I guess all week, all series, I should rather say. So uh, that was weird. But bottom line, the Phillies come out with a win. It was a good win. And now they're back to 500. Ah, man, that feels good to say the Phillies back to 500. They can get over 500 with a win uh, tonight. And that game, just to give you a little bit of game info is at 3.40 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, so an afternoon game. Uh, You can go ahead and watch, or sorry, listen to every pitch of the Phillies' hometown radio broadcast at 3.40 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game Uh, on the SiriusXM app. Just go to the SXM app and search Phillies. And coming up, we're going to discuss a little bit about uh, that game coming up and everything you have going on heading into the contest that could give the Phillies a 3-1 to series victory over the Arizona Diamondbacks, Uh, and that would just be a great setup for this West Coast road trip that would conclude in Oakland. And we'll talk about that later on in the week. But yes, Phillies Diamondbacks game four. We'll discuss it coming up as we continue Locked on Phillies. All right, let me tell you about bird dogs. Now I'm going down to North Carolina on a golf trip. I have a golf trip coming up. I'm actually leaving right after this. I'm recording this at like 7.40 in the morning. I got to go meet my brother at 8.15 to drive down to North Carolina. And it's going to be hot. We're going to be playing a bunch of golf. It's going to be awesome. So you know the first things I pack or my two pairs of bird dog shorts. I mean, bird dogs have everything you need to make you look good, feel good, play good, uh, I don't know, swim good, talk to girls good, drink good. Like, whatever you want to get into in the summer, bird dog shorts are perfect for it. I mean, bird dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look, and this is how their shorts are. Their shorts just don't look good on you. They make you look good wearing them. They're absolutely amazing. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Uh, I mean, bird dogs, they invented cloud knit fabric. That just sounds comfortable. And it looks just like khaki, but it stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. They use anti-stink, sweat-wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. The amount of technology that went into building these shorts could put a man on the moon. But instead, the folks at Bird Dogs, thank goodness, because I don't really want to go to the moon. They built the perfect shorts. Uh, so that's great. I-, I mean, they're absolutely amazing. There's no better short that I own. I own a bunch. I'm a big shorts guy. I'm a big short shorts guy. I got the five inch inseam bird dog shorts. They make my legs look awesome, show off those thighs. And I can't recommend them enough. There's no better short on the market. If you think you don't look good in shorts, you haven't tried bird dogs yet. If you think you do look good in shorts, imagine how much better you're going to look in bird dogs. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. I've got that pack too, because I'm going to need some water on the way down and while I'm on the golf course. It's clutch to have. That's birddogs.com slash locked on MLB for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We absolutely promise you. All right, let's get into this matchup, Phillies and Diamondbacks today, 3.40 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can hear every pitch of the Phillies' hometown radio broadcast on the SiriusXM app, so go ahead and check that out on the SXM app. Just search Phillies, and you'll be able to pull that all up. Now, we'll start by discussing the starting pitching matchup. The Phillies had like a 30-some percent chance via the analytics, the ESPN analytics, to win last night against Merrill Kelly, and they got the job done by being patient at the plate today. They have a 45 percent chance to win uh, against Arizona. 55 percent chance to win. Part of that because inconsistencies. The big question mark is on the mount. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal famously used to call himself like the big Shamrock or the big Aristotle or whatever called him. We had Ryan Howard, the big piece. Aaron Nola is the big question mark. You never know what you're getting. You know he's talented, but you never know the consistency. It could be eight innings of no hit ball. It could be seven runs in the first inning. But he's on the mound for the series finale in Arizona. Uh, he's got a 5-5 five and five record, record, I should say, with a 4-6 ERA and a 1-1 whip. The ERA is much higher than the whip, and that's because he's given up 14 home runs already this year. He's on pace to give up more home runs this season than he has in any other season in his career. He's going to face off against Ryan Nelson, who's got a 3 and 3 record for Arizona, a 495 ERA, 41 strikeouts and a one four six WHIP. Now, he's thrown a total this season of 67 and a third innings and as far as strikeouts for Ryan, he's got 41. So he doesn't really have the strikeout pitch working. He's also walked 24 in 67 innings while Aaron Nola's walked 23 in 88 innings. It's going to be a very similar approach and another righty, a very similar approach to what you saw from Merrill Kelly uh last night's game he's going to be a good pitcher but he's going to use his pitches which means if you get four balls he's going to use three of them like he works around the zone he has good stuff but you can be patient against ryan nelson and create opportunities on the base paths he's given up eight home runs so yeah the long ball can absolutely be a factor but it kind of is for everyone out there in arizona uh short corners the ball flies down there because of the dry air Uh, i mean just is what it is it's tough to pitch in that park sometimes depending on what the weather is like and if the roof is open there, all that good stuff. You get it. It's tough to pitch in Arizona. So those numbers could be a bit inflated, but you want to be patient. You want to get guys on base and you want to do what the Phillies did last night. Just create opportunities early and cash in. Now, what I will say uh, looking at last night is that the Philadelphia Phillies had a lot of opportunities early that they didn't cash in on. They work good with runners in scoring position. Again, they got away with it because they just made productive outs, but that game could have easily been 6-0 in the third inning. They had opportunities, and they just didn't really cash in. So the clutchness of the Phillies lineup needs to pick up in uh, today's game if they're going to go ahead and uh, figure everything out. Of course, Aaron Nola is the most important piece. If you don't get uh, – and I'm going to bring him over right here so he knows what I'm talking about. I got my Aaron Nola bobblehead that I'm going to hold up right here. If So Aaron Nola, are you going to pitch well today? He's nodding his head yet, but – If you don't get a good start from this guy right here, there's not much that you're going to be able to do. I'm going to set him back now because I don't feel like holding the bobblehead the whole time. That's why you got to subscribe to the YouTube so you can see me pull out my random bobblehead collection. Uh, If you don't get a good start from Aaron Nola, you're going to be behind the eight ball right off, uh, right off the bat. Yeah. You don't have an opportunity to come back from like a six run deficit against this Diamondbacks team. I mean, technically you do, but you don't want to be down on the road to a team whose offense is this good. And they tack on late, like, Last night, they were out of that game. And then, big three run home run laid off Sarantia Dominguez uh, makes it a tie ball game, makes you have to go to extras to win it. Like the Diamondbacks are a very, very, uh, very, very good team. That's why they're 41 and 27. You got to go ahead and take care of them early, get up on them, and then put them out of it early. And you have a chance to, but the only way you do that is if your starting pitching gives you an opportunity to, and Aaron Nolan needs to come out and be really good. It'd be nice to see the Philadelphia Phillies get some runs in the first inning again and create an opportunity for Aaron Nola to pitch with a lead, even though he stinks pitching with a lead. But all this stuff could potentially help Aaron Nola. That's stuff to look at. As far as guys that you need to get going, again, Phillies Diamondbacks today, 3.40 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can hear every pitch of the Phillies' hometown radio broadcast of that game on the SiriusXM app. Just go to the SXM app and search Phillies. Uh, I talked about it yesterday, and I talked about Bryce Harper and how he needs to get going. He hasn't been good. He's been slumping, and he's been covered up uh, by his teammates being a little bit uh, hot right now, if that's Nick Castellanos, JT Romito, Bryson Stott, Kyle Schwarber warming up, Trey Turner, all that good stuff. Well, Bryce Harper went over 4 with the wall class. Like he's still kind of in a rough spot. He's down to hitting 290, which down to hitting 290 is not that. But he had a really good start to the year, and he was over 300, and you expect him to be right around that mark because he's the best overall player on this team in general. I know I always said it was Trey Turner. He's got to prove that to me. So right now, I just still think Bryce Harper is the most talented player on this roster. Maybe not the most consistent all the time because he is a bit of a power hitter. Bottom line, he's got to be better. And he's got another opportunity, a right-handed pitcher in uh, Ryan Nelson that he can get after. He's going to DH again today. So... Bryce has an opportunity to break through today, and I'd really love to see him do that before you go to Oakland and play the uh, the hottest team in baseball in the Oakland Athletics. So that's something to absolutely keep an eye on. But Bryce Harper and Aaron Nola are my two guys to focus on for this game. The rest of the guys are going to take care of stuff. I mean, uh, Nick Castellano stayed hot last night. He was very, very good in last night's 4-3 win, including that um, game-winning RBI. Uh, I know he was only one for four, but that was – Good enough considering how the Philadelphia Phillies swung the bat. Straight Turner was one for four. JT Remuto, one for four with a home run and two RBIs. Bryson Stott, one for four with a big run scored. Brandon Marsh, big run scored in extras even though it was 0 for four. I mean, there was some production up and down the lineup even though no one had a multi-hit game. But he had a lot of guys with one hit. So spread it out and create opportunities. And uh, the bigger thing is the base running I thought was really good from the Philadelphia Phillies last night, which is something you can't always say about them. So, yes. Good win for the Phillies. They're back to 500. Uh, Coming up, we're going to take a look at the standings and also a look at uh, what's going on in this uh, final series of the road trip and once the Phillies get done in Arizona, just a general frame of the Oakland athletics and where they're at because they're one of the great stories in baseball right now. We'll talk about that coming up as we wrap up Locked on Phillies. All right. Let's talk about first of all the standings for the Philadelphia Phillies. Now that they're back to 500, where are they at in the division? Well, they're still eight games back of the 42 and 26 Atlanta Braves, and they're still three and a half back of the Miami Marlins, who sit at 38 and 31. The Marlins catchable. The Braves may not be, but the Mets are two games back on you. The Nationals are five uh, no, two, seven games back on you. I'm not a big math guy. I figured it out though. Uh, so you got that all worked out. I mean, they got a great opportunity to make some noise in the division if they continue to stay this hot, the Phillies do. And with the athletics uh, coming up, I mean, they do have an opportunity to stay this hot. The other thing that's nice is the Phillies, whose run differential has not been great at points this year. That 15-3 to victory, well, it helped them cut that down. They now have the second-best run differential in the division at minus 21. The Braves are the only positive team at plus 72. So, yeah, there's a bit of a gap there between the top team in the NL East and the next best team in the NL East when it comes to run differential. But the good news is the Phillies' run differential is now better than the Mets, who are minus 23. The Marlins, who are in second place, with a minus 30 run differential. And the Nationals, who are down in the basement, at minus 51. Uh, also, looking at the wild card, just to keep an eye on that, because that's the more realistic scenario for the Philadelphia Phillies. The Phils are two games back. Of the San Francisco Giants for the final wild card spot. The Dodgers, Marlins, and Giants are all in wild card spots right now. The Brewers and the Phillies are both at 534 and 34 each, respectively. And uh yeah, you know, the Phillies are trailing for that that spot. Now, the Brewers have a minus 25 run differential to so the Phillies minus 21. So the Phillies are starting to make themselves look more and more like one of those fringe playoff teams. And it's still only early June, or I guess mid-June. So when you look at that and you say The Phillies are playing well right now. They've got all this time to make up ground. They're already starting to look like a fringe playoff team. Yeah, I mean, the top wild card spot isn't out of the question. They're only four games back from that. The division isn't totally out of the question. I mean, eight games is crazy, but you still play play the Braves a bunch, and eventually they got to kind of hit a cool stretch, uh, the Braves do. So that's a good opportunity. I mean, yeah, this is far, far, far from over, and the Phillies are getting hot at the right time, so that's a good sign. They can take three or four from the Diamondbacks if they win today, buying a good start from Aaron Nola. Hopefully they do. I'm not expecting anything because it's Aaron Nola, but I said, I want five wins on this road trip, and I want two of them to come in Arizona, and you should beat Oakland three times. Well, that was before the Oakland Athletics became the hottest team in baseball. Uh, now, they lost last night, actually. They lost to the Rays, ending their seven-game winning streak. But prior to that, they had won two against the Pirates. Then they swept the Brewers. Then they took two from the Braves, or from the Braves, from the Rays. I mean, they were incredible. And the reverse boycott game they had the other night, if you hadn't seen that, go ahead and search that, the Oakland Athletics reverse boycott game, where the fans showed up and showed out, proving that they're not the problem with that franchise and that they don't want their team to be moved. All that's great. Here's the other thing. Here's the way I look at it, right? When I see the Oakland Athletics, I see their current record uh, listed at um, 19 and 51. I realize they're probably a 100 lost team, so they're probably about a – they might be more than a 100 lost team. Let's call them a 110 lost team, so that would make them a 52-win team. They've got 20 already. The more wins that they compile early on in the season, the more likely it is that a team that you see as a 110-win team goes through a cold stretch and compiles losses as well. So the fact that they just won seven – I mean, that to me says that they're due, because of the quality of the team, to go ahead and have a rough stretch. They're going to get to 100 losses, and I don't have any doubt about that. And to do that, they're going to have to lose a lot more baseball games, and they just won a bunch, so they're due to lose a bunch. It's just the simple idea of if they're going to be a 100-loss team, and you truly believe they are, well, they're going to hit more cold stretches than hot stretch. They just hit a hot stretch, so the likelihood is they're probably going to go into a cold stretch here for a little bit, and the Philadelphia Phillies, I think, are actually playing them at a great time considering how hot the A's have been because they're going to come back down to earth. You could say the same about the Phillies, who are 8-2 in their last 10, but the Phillies are a more quality roster, a way better team than what you're seeing in the Oakland Athletics, so I'm expecting two of three this weekend in Oakland, and I really would like a sweep there, so even if you drop this game to the diamondbacks today, and I don't want to do that. I think the Phillies have a great opportunity to win three of four against Arizona, but even if you do and you split the series against uh, the top team out in the NL West, and then you get the basement of the NL West and uh, you can go ahead and, uh, or sorry, the basement of the NL West, the basement of the AL West. And you have an opportunity to stack wins there and get everything all squared away. So yes, great opportunity this weekend, already a great series in Arizona for the Phillies. And we've got a really good opportunity to keep everything going. So, We'll keep an eye on that. I'll talk to you uh, next time, but that's all for Locked On Phillies. Uh, Thank you for checking us out. Make sure you're rating, reviewing, subscribing. Locked On Phillies part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for checking us out, and I will talk to you next time, hopefully after a Phillies series win in Arizona, on the next episode of Locked On Phillies.